Hello and welcome to Brody Sports Talk. My name is Sean Morgan. I am joined by Caleb Walgren, Derek Rusinek, and we are more than thrilled to bring you Season 3, Episode 8, where we are previewing the 2021 NFL season for the New York Football Giants. Which, eh, I'm, actually, that's a lot more emotional energy than I think I've ever mustered for the Giants. I'm going to have to, Joe, judge you for that one. All right, oh. that's the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm Sean Morgan. It's been great being with you guys. <laughs> Our name is changing to the Dad's yeah. Podcast. Derek and I are, are, are splitting <laughs> off, featuring much fewer terrible, terrible jokes. Anyway, let's continue on as we have with our prior teams. We have chosen some specific topics to discuss uh, as it pertains to each squad. Uh, let's go ahead and start with an interesting position battle. Uh, we're going to go over to you, Caleb. What should we be looking out for in 2021? So I think we all know that Danny Dimes has had an interesting career as the quarterback of the New York football giants for a couple of years now. And when he's not falling down with no one in front of him between there and the red zone, he's usually trying to pass the ball. And the position battle that I really want to highlight for the Giants is really what on earth is happening at the wide receiver position. Uh, I do know that typically when I'm thinking about them, they do tend to run a lot of that 11 offense. Sometimes they'll go into 12. Uh, 11, of course, I mean one running back, one tight end, putting Saquon and Evan Ingram out there. They did get Kyle Rudolph this year, so I could see them going to a little bit more of a two tight end system. But the depth that they have at wide receiver is just fascinating to me. So let me go ahead and run through some names here. Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, John Ross III, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony. That's five guys. Uh, you made... forgot. You forgot Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, the, he's a tight end. He's a, he's coming back as a tight end. I thought. And I'm I'm not talking about the wide receivers here. I'm I'm only talking about the wide receivers, not the tight ends. And oh gosh, Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> Time to put the no, it's all good. It makes me want to put up the Twitter poll. Who, who, which tight end is going to have the better NFL career, Kelvin Benjamin or Tim Tebow? Uh, just throw out some instant slander to all of these people who think they can play tight end all of a sudden. Uh, you know, it's not like you have to be able to block like a tackle and also go catch passes. You know, not hard at all. But anyway, I just think it's interesting. Slayton, I feel like, is who Dimes has connected with the most. Uh, Sterling Shepard is a former second-round receiver that looked better with Eli Manning than with Danny Dimes. He's coming off some injuries this past year. And then, of course, you have the free agent in Kenny Galladay and the rookie that you spent your first-round pick on trading back to you know, let the Bears draft Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know why you did that, Giants. Uh, but you drafted Kadarius Toney, and he went to some horrible school in the Southeast, so we don't need to know about that. And they were your orange and purple or something like that, or orange and 
blue. <laughs> I don't know why I said purple. <laughs> that would be an <laughs> even worse combo. That would be Clemson, I guess. Anyway, before I completely butcher my point here, I don't know who's getting snaps at wide receiver. I feel like you've got to play Galladay because you just went and paid him. You're probably not playing John Ross that much because he's a speedster and he hasn't done anything that well in his NFL career with the Bengals. Granted, it was with the Bengals. And, you know, do you give the other slot to Slayton or Shepard? Then what are you doing with your rookie? You know, uh, I don't think that we're going to see a Justin Jefferson type year out of Kadarius Tony simply because the depth chart is so clogged. Um, I don't think they drafted him to fill that kind of role. I mean, I feel like they drafted him because Ross was so inconsistent in the slot. So I can see that being, you know, that being more of the, the direction. I don't know. I just don't see the Giants being like, hey, we're going to line up five wide with these guys and let Danny Dimes beat you with his <laughs> arm. So, Derek, what, what do you see as far as this depth chart is concerned? Who do you see as possibly being an odd man out in this position battle? Um, Sterling Shepard. I, uh, I I like him. Uh, I think he had a lot of great things. Eli, um, but, I mean, for all the reasons that you just said, um, you have to pay – you have to put – Galladay out there because you paid him and so you have to know what you got um, and I think you have to play Tony because he's a rookie and you have to know what you got I mean you, you basically use resources on these two guys and so um, you know whether that's a, dra- a high draft pick or a high dollar amount so you have those those guys are slotted in as my uh, as the two that have to and then there's, I mean, you, you find a third, a third guy of the, of the other three that you've talked about. So for me, I think throwing Shepard is the one, is, is the odd man out. Maybe he gets some uh, third down stuff. Maybe he gets some packages. But, I mean, if you're, if you're going three wide, uh, I, I think throwing Shepard's the, the, the odd man out. Sean, I, I want to apologize if I stole some of your thunder there. I see we've got you coming up with a new player to watch. And I just mentioned several new players for the team. I want to make sure that we you pass it to mine, you. <laughs> okay, good. Let's go ahead and make sure we give it to you before we mention, you know, all the rest of the new players on the New York Giants. So I actually went with a player that was drafted, um, I thought, uh, much further down than people expected. And that's Azizo Jalari. Uh, I know that there were some health concerns coming out of Georgia and he ended up slipping much further into the second round than uh, myself and a lot of people expected. Um, But he was outstanding with Georgia. He was one of, he was the first freshman captain uh, team captain ever in the Kirby smart era. Kirby smart's always been a guy who, you know, values like senior leadership positions. So this was a, a pretty huge, uh, you know, gesture. And, you know, Joe Judge has always been about that character development, trying to sell, you know, hey, w- we want good guys in addition to being good football players. Uh, I mean, Ojolari is a great run stopper, uh, but he's known for his pass rush. So I think that versatility, I know I'm, you know, I, I probably said the word versatility 
at least four or five dozen times on this podcast in the last year. But really, I think that is the most valuable trait that an NFL player can have. And if he stays healthy, he is a first round talent. So I, I would expect him to immediately start. And I would expect some immediate impacts out of him in the 2021 season. Uh, did you guys have anybody that either was drafted or was a free agent signing that, you know, you want to talk about, or do you want to uh, agree or disagree with me on Ojolari? I'll agree with you on Ojolari. I, I don't say his name very well, but I think that he's got a, a really good uh, first name for the crowd. Oh, he oh, just hear it every time he gets a sack every time. And you're in, in this, uh, this division, you're going to have to have, run stoppers. So, um, you know, I, I think you, you put up a really good point. I mean, him being number 50th overall, it's not really a, a slight. So there's 49 other guys that you'd rather have on your team. Um, I still think that 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 shows his real talent level um, being that second rounder. So, I mean, I agree. I, I will definitely be, be watching out for a defensive player on the Giants. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to uh, the Giants fantasy sleeper. Um, here's some pretty decent players on that roster that I think uh, are going to demand some fantasy attention. So, Caleb, uh, who do you think is maybe flying under the radar right now that you would take a chance on? So I'm going to say a name that we all are probably familiar with in fantasy circles, but maybe are not as hyped on or as comfortable with as we would be in other years. So I mentioned uh, in a prior episode that I stole some data from Sleeper. Well, it's not that I stole it. They actually have made it public. They just made a new batch recently on July 13th. And the person who I have that may be a pretty deep sleeper here is Evan Ingram, the tight end for the Giants. Dropping McDropperson? Did you know that he had a lower drop percentage last year than George Kittle? Did, uh, um, I mean, that's surprising. Um, <laughs> that's very surprising. It, I know is that. It, is it due to the number of targets, I imagine? Or? Uh, I think they said, so I was listening to uh, our good friends over at a good football show. Shout out to them. And they were mentioning Evan Ingram in one of their recent episodes where they said, he had an around an 11% drop rate last year, and Kittle had a 14% drop rate. Now, you could argue that part of Kittle's fault on that is because Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing him the ball. But either way, right now, with where Evan Ingram is being drafted, he is coming off the board as tight end 17. Uh, he's currently being drafted after Zach Ertz. Uh, which normally that would not mean much. Zach Ertz has been a fantastic fantasy tight end for most of his career, but Dallas Goddard is the the Philly tight end you want. Why would you take a second Philly tight end, (laughs) Zach Ertz, when you can get someone who you... I mean, Danny Dimes loves throwing to him. Unless Kyle Rudolph somehow takes over and becomes the tight end one for the team, you've got volume. And when you have volume, that's what you want in those really late rounds. And so when I'm talking about a fantasy sleeper, I did this with the, the Patriots episode. I tend to be going deep, deep into the lineup to 
to find someone that you're going to be looking in those late rounds and going, what, why do I care about half of these guys? And you're going to see the name Evan Ingram and you're going to think, man, that guy stinks. He drops the ball all the time. He's not that bad. I had him on my fantasy team last year. It was not, uh, it wasn't as ideal as I would have liked it, but to be fair, my entire team sucked. So it wasn't as if that was the only thing. But I, I hope for his sake he does have a, a better year. And, you know, I think that his drop issues have become much more high profile uh, just because they've been looked at a lot more. And once you have that narrative about you, each and every drop that you have suddenly is just that much worse than it was before. Uh, so hopefully, um, with our next t- topic of conversation, it's uh, it's not a negative one. It's going to be a positive one because we're talking about the strength of the team. So there are a lot of things that the Giants, I think, did well last season, things that he didn't do so well. Uh, Derek, walk me through what is, in your opinion, the strength of the New York Giants that they can hopefully build on in 2021. So I think the Giants have spent a lot of resources on their secondary over the past several seasons. Um, brought in players, uh, and Dory Jackson, uh, Jabril Peppers came over on the, the OBJ trade a couple seasons back. Um, and so there is, let's see, Darnay Holmes, that's that's, what, that's the name I was trying to, was drafted. Um, and so with some of the bigger names uh, out there, uh, James Bradbury, with some of the some names they have, they have the opportunity to be a top 10 at least, secondary, uh, maybe even scooch up to the uh, the top five, you know, depending on, because depending on the coaching, depending on the play that you get from them. Um, but, uh, let's see. And Dory Jackson, I have a here that he earned a career high 82.5 coverage rate in 2019 before missing much of last season with injury. Um, so I think that the secondary of the New York football giants, um, is going to be the strength of the team this year. And, uh, we'll see what, uh, what they do. Caleb thoughts on the strength of the Giants other than Danny Dimes, who clearly is the best quarterback in the division. So I do have to say that my main issue with the New York secondary is when they try to get themselves branded up as the New York pass defense, you're, you're not, you're not the NYPD. (laughs) There's already an NYPD. We all know what that stands for. There was TV shows about it. They're far better than your, you know, you wear blue, but it's not the same. Um, you're you're not the NYPD. You may be a decent pass defense. And really, if they try to pull that nickname, it's going to mean that Sean's player, Aziz Jalari, blew up because <laughs> they're going to be getting after the passer with more than Leonard Williams. So... I don't necessarily disagree. I think that they have talent. I think they have ability. Bradbury's proven himself. Peppers has proven himself. Logan Ryan has been good. Adoree Jackson is good. It's a question of, can they put it all together? Can they stay healthy? And how long do they have to 
stinking guard someone because otherwise they might have a little bit of time, you know, doing a little bit of grabby grab here and there, like most defenses do. But I I hear what you're saying. It's definitely, in my opinion, the strength of that team. I'm 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 inclined to agree completely as well. Uh, I know we talked about that wide receiver core being fairly solid. And I think if you're looking on the other side of the ball, that's the direction that you would go. Uh, But their secondary is going to need to keep them in games because I still think offensively there are some inconsistencies. You hope that uh, Saquon Barkley comes back, you know, happy and healthy. And that offense can be a little bit better balanced. And then giving the defense some opportunities to shine, make some big plays, get some key turnovers versus getting stuck on the field, you know, uh, far and above too long, which is always the death knell, I think, for a team that's on the cusp of being good and just needs a little bit to get over that hump. So speaking of being on the cusp of being good, uh, they don't really have the best um, win expectations heading into 2021. Uh, we're looking at uh, seven wins. So uh, let's go to you first, Derek. Uh, over under seven wins, New York Giants 2021. Under. This is the last year of my opinion. This is the last year of Daniel Jones as quarterback. If he cannot... Um, produce with the wide receivers that he has, then this is going they're going they're going to draft a new quarterback and probably probably be in the top 10 uh, drafting uh, for another Danny Dimes, uh, whomever that would be, you know, we can list past episodes on who we think uh, will be drafted and uh, our top quarterbacks. But um, I think that in New York there is a short leash and I don't know if he's going to get over the hump. I think that they have four wins, five wins, if they are lucky. Um, but that's just my opinion. All right. Uh, <coughs> Caleb, uh, do you think they do a little bit better than Derek says? Or do you think that they do about the same or, heck, even worse? I do think that this could be very close to being a push. But if I'm picking one of the two sides, right now I'm taking the under. I think that they really do have a raw deal in certain parts of their schedule. And I just don't really trust where those wins are coming from. You know, when you look at schedules and you look at, well, who do they play after they buy? Oh, they get to go and play the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. Well, that really bites. You know, that's a, typically an advantage game, and you're going on the road to the Bucs. Uh, you're playing the AFC East. I think the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers are clearly all better than the Giants. Maybe not the Raiders because they don't know how to play defense, but you, we'll get there at some point. Um, I, I'm going under. I think that it might be a close under, like – I would probably have them on about six wins, but it's just not a, I, I definitely cannot say eight. So I will go under way faster than I will say over. Uh, I mean, you took the prediction away from me. Six wins uh, is kind of where I capped them. 
Uh, I do agree with Derek. I do think this is, uh, you know, Daniel Jones's last hurrah. And I don't know if he's going to be the right man to get it done. Uh, I think that Joe Judge did impress last season in the way he was able to get this team motivated to potentially, you know, uh, almost make the playoffs. But ultimately, they were a losing team and they were a struggling team for consistency. I think with Barkley healthy, that they should be very competitive in just about all of their games. If Jones does get over the hump, I would say this is a very easy over. But I think that there are going to be just enough struggles to keep them down below that seven-win threshold. Uh, Well, that's it for our 2021 New York Giants season preview here on Brody Sports Talk. Uh, As always, please check us out on our various social media platforms and potentially snag yourself some merch. You can find all of that on our link tree, L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Brody Talk. Caleb is always there if you want to go and harass our official account on Twitter to respond to whatever it is that you say as amicably as he possibly can say it. I don't think I have ever seen this man get angry at anybody on Twitter uh, or at least in a way that I would deem as being angry. Derek, have you ever seen it? Like, I, I kid you not, I will go through and I will watch his responses to stuff. And I'm like, man, I would have gone off on this guy because his opinion is really bad. But you're like lending a little bit of merit, even if you're somewhat discredited. It's a, it's a skill. It's a skill. It's impressive. You need to go check it. If you're listening and you have not looked at our t- official Twitter account, you need to go. It is a sight to behold. So normally in my notes, I would have uh, the initials PR. So that would be for pass rush, something like that. Now, in this case, it is public relations. Caleb is the public face of our podcast, and he does an amazing job of – so everything that he puts up, um, you should definitely follow everyone that uh, he puts up on on the Follow Friday and definitely interact with with him because generally when he interacts with you, I'm following right behind with my personal account and saying things that are not ne- not nearly as PR as Caleb puts it. You're wrong. You, in in the words of a of an infamous snake, you are the real MVP. <laughs> I'll take and that it. That is it. <laughs> That's it for us. <laughs> Here on uh, episode eight of our third season of Brody Sports Talk, I am Sean, he's Caleb, he's Derek. We are signing off. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye, y'all.